1: Hello again, and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. I'm Michael North. We're continuing with our series, This Is Us Today, with a message from Pastor Dudley on the core foundations of Christianity, evangelism and missions. The Apostle Paul dedicated his entire life to these causes simply because he was called to do so, and so are we. The very reason for this program coming into your home today is to fulfill Our calling to share the good news of Jesus Christ that the world might believe. It matters to us because it matters to God. There's no greater endeavor to Christians in the world today than evangelism and missions. Here's Pastor Dudley.
2: We are a church that believes that we are to be involved in evangelism and worldwide missions. That's the kind of church we are. Can you say amen? amen? Now, some of you don't know this, but the shepherd is a very unusual church because every week we have people who come forward and make decisions for Christ. And that is unusual. Most churches, that does not happen. All you have to do is go visit churches and you'll see that that's not normal. A lot of churches operate on the basis of this motto, us for no more, lock the door they don't want anyone else to come that's true the average church has less than one convert per year in the united states of america there's a lot of reasons for that but a lot of people there are people that don't like to be in a big church they don't like to be in a growing church and there's reasons for that because when you're in a growing church it can be uncomfortable it can, it can be crowded. I, I, I don't know everybody. The pastor doesn't know my name. Uh, some people don't like that. Uh, you're always in a building uh, program. You're always asking for volunteers. The donut line is way too long. And people are just more concerned about their personal preferences than they are trying to reach people that have yet to be reached. I have some bullets in your notes. I want you to write this down. God cares about every single person. So you see numbers in the Bible. uh, And some people say, well, you're too concerned about numbers. Well, God is concerned about numbers because every number represents a soul. And don't tell me that God is not concerned about numbers because he named the fourth book in the Bible numbers. There's a whole book in the Bible named numbers. Numbers. And God wants as many people as possible to be saved. If you were God, now just imagine for a moment that you were God, would you rather 10 people be saved or two people get saved? If you were God, who would you rather? You'd rather 10. If you were God, would you rather a thousand people get saved or would you rather a hundred people get saved? If you were God, you'd want a thousand. If you were God, would you want the whole city to be saved or just like a little section of the city gets saved? If you were God, you'd want the whole city to get saved. And so uh, Luke chapter 15, Jesus was the one who told the story of the shepherd who had a hundred sheep and one went astray and he left the 99 in the fold to go after that one, one, the Bible says one lost sheep. Why would he go after the one lost sheep? Because every sheep matters to the Lord. This looks like a big church here. Doesn't it kind of look like a big church? But I want to assure you that God in heaven is concerned about every single individual in this church. He, God is concerned about you. Can you say amen? We want all people to be saved here at Shepherd. And the reason it matters to us is, is because it matters to God. You just need to know. The re, it's not because of our ego. It has to do with it's the heart of God. Think about the fact that God gave up His one and only Son to die on a cross so that this entire city could have a chance to be saved. And if God cares that much, we ought to care. As you open up the Bible and you read through the book of Acts, over and over again you will see that the early church was a church involved and committed to evangelism and to missions jesus's last recorded words we actually have his last recorded words in acts 1 8 he said this right before he ascended this is acts 1 he said you will receive power when the holy spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses here in jerusalem And in Judea and in all of Samaria to the ends of the earth. And those early believers who heard him say those words, they watched as he ascended up into heaven. In Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit came down. And the rest of that entire book is just a story of how the church went out and tried to reach the world for Jesus In Acts 1, verse 15, as you go through the book of Acts, it starts with 120 people. They they counted them. And these 120 people, the Holy Spirit, came. They were filled with God's Spirit. And the very next chapter, in Acts 2, verse 41, it says that 3,000 people came. They began to preach, those 120, the first day of Pentecost, 3,000 people came and gave their life to Jesus Christ. Amen. By the time you get to Acts 2, verse 47, it says that the Lord continued to add daily to their number. It wasn't just on Sunday. It was every single day. Acts 4, 4, it says, it's it's in the Bible. You can check this out. It says that there were 5,000 men who believed. And if you count their wives and children, there could have been as many as 10 or 15, 20,000 people in Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4, verse 16 It says that all of Jerusalem had heard by that time. Now, they weren't all saved, but they at least had a chance to get saved. Acts chapter 5, verse 14, there's too many people to count. Now it just says more and more. They can't count them. There's so many, they can't count them all. And it says more and more men and women. Let's hear for the women. Come on. Believed in the Lord and were added to their Number That's in the Bible. Acts chapter 6, I love this verse, verse 7. The number of disciples was increasing rapidly and a large number of priests. Now, these were not Roman Catholic priests. They didn't come around for 300 years later. These are Jewish priests working in the synagogues. The Bible says that more and more women, and now you've got... There are so many people, it's increasing rapidly, and a large number of priests. Now, here's what I want you to know. In the book of Acts, the most significant event that took place in that whole book was in chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost, okay? Besides the day of Pentecost, there are two other very significant events that took place in the church, And I want to teach you about both of them. The first one, write this down, is when a great persecution broke out against the church to thwart the church. The church was growing rapidly and Satan had to put a stop to it. So a great persecution broke out against the church to stop the church and to stop the growth of God now I want you to take your Bibles and look at Acts chapter 8 I want to read to you from Acts chapter 8 you need to know what happened in Acts chapter 7 you have the first person who was ever martyred for being a Christian his name is Stephen If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you need to read the story of Stephen, the very first Christian who ever died for his faith. You need to know that story. It's too long for me to read. It's 60 verses, but you need to read the story. So the church is growing, leaps and bounds. Finally, they grab one guy named Stephen. They take him out, and they literally stone him to death for his faith. In Acts chapter 8, verse 1, it says, And Saul, everybody say Saul. Saul. He was there giving approval to his death. So he was over there clapping as Stephen was stoned to death. Thumbs up. A-OK. Let's go find someone else that we can kill. And the Bible says in Acts chapter 8, verse 1, On that day a great persecution broke out against the church at jerusalem and all except the apostles the bible says that they were scattered everybody say scattered all except the apostles got out of dodge the persecution broke out and the church was scattered throughout judea and samaria verse 2 godly men buried stephen and they mourned deeply for him in verse 3, but Saul began to destroy the church, going from house to house, he dragged off men and women and put them in prison. I want you to write this down. Number one, that dirty, rotten, stinking, good-for-nothing, low-down murderer named Saul is dragging Christians And putting them into prison. Everybody say, oh, no, again. It's exactly what was going on. Now, think about this. The church is growing. Saul's there. See, Stephen gets killed. And he goes, this is a good plan. So he literally starts going door to door right down the street. Imagine they're coming down your street. They're knocking on doors. Are you a Christian? And if you are, they take you out and either stone you to death or they take you and they throw you in prison. Well, you can imagine they're coming down your street. People just... They took off. They scattered. Look at verse 4. Here's what you need to know. Verse 4 says, Those that were scattered preached the word wherever they went. Write this down, number 2. The amazing, fearless, bold, scattered Christians preached the word wherever they went. And I want you to circle the word wherever. Wherever. They, weren't, they, they didn't want to stick around because they were going to get killed if they stuck around and thrown in prison. So they, they left. They went as far away as they could, some of them. But it didn't matter where they landed. It's a classic illustration of what Satan intended for harm, that God used it for the good. There is something that happens in the heart of a true believer once you've experienced God's redemptive grace once you have experienced what it means to be lost and now you're saved you were blind but now you can see you were broken but now you are mended once you experience that there is nothing that can deter you from sharing your faith with others because you want others to experience the same joy and the same salvation that you yourself have experienced, nothing can keep you from sharing your faith. We see in scriptures that the disciples were threatened not to ever speak again in the name of Jesus. In Acts 5 verse 40, the apostles were arrested and they were flogged and they were commanded not to speak anymore in the name of jesus and then they were released and the very next verse says that they went on their way rejoicing that they had been flogged uh, because they had suffered uh, for the lord and the bible says that they never stopped teaching or proclaiming the good news that jesus is the christ you could persecute them beat them threaten them order them not to speak but they were going to do it no matter what It's the first significant event in Acts 8, persecution breaking out to thwart the church, but those that were scattered preached the word wherever they went, and the church grew exponentially. The second significant event is when the church, not because they were being persecuted, but the church started sending out missionaries. This is a significant event in the history of the New Testament church. I want you to take your Bibles and turn to Acts chapter 13. Don't forget that the persecution broke out in Acts 8. A true Bible church should not only be concerned about reaching your city, but a true church will also be concerned about reaching other cities. You know our theme this year is I Love L.A., and we're trying to emphasize Uh, that we are to try to do everything we can do to reach the city of Los Angeles. But even while we're trying to reach L.A., you need to know that we're doing everything within our power to continue trying to reach the other cities of this world. Last year, we tried and uh, we were successful to touch in a tangible way the 30 largest cities in the world for the Lord Jesus Christ. This year, this year, we will give, as a church, we will give $1.1 million to Worldwide Missions, this church right here. Over the last 10 years, this church has given over $10 million to Worldwide Missions. So are you serious? Yes, I'm serious. Why do you do this? I believe it's one of the reasons why God has blessed this church. I've told you this. Here's two families. Here's couple number one. Here's couple number two. Couple number one, they spend all their resources just on themselves. They never do one thing for the kingdom of God. Couple number two, they work all week. They get a paycheck. They take a 10%. They give it to God. They invest and sow into kingdom, uh, kingdom purposes. And that money is used to provide And to reach people all over the world, and you're God, and you look down and you see couple number one who takes all the resources and just keep it to themselves. You see another couple that's investing in the kingdom of God. And you're God, which of those two couples are you going to put your hand of blessing on? Couple number one or couple number two? You will always put your blessing on the couple that's investing in the kingdom. And in the exact same way there are two churches they're one they're right across the street from each other and one church they spend all of their resources just on themselves but there's another church that takes their resources and they invest in the kingdom of god the last 10 years they've given 10 million dollars to missionaries all around the world and your god which of those two churches are you going to bless if you're a God, you will always bless the church that's investing in kingdom causes. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just telling you that to tell you this. I believe in the hand of God being able to bless a family or to bless a church. And when you look around here, people ask me, how did your church, I said, the reason our church, God has blessed this church because we're concerned about reaching people all over the globe, not just the people who are here. So, here's the question. How did we get like this? Why do we give money to missions? Why do we send kids to Bible college? Why are we involved in church plans? Why, why did we give that money to missionaries? Why do we do that? Well, it's all because of Acts 13. A church called Antioch. Before I read chapter 13... I have to read chapter eleven. Go back to chapter eleven, verse nineteen. Those who had been scattered by the persecution. Back in, at chapter eight, in connection with Stephen, that's chapter seven. They traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch. Antioch is Antioch of Syria. 300 miles northeast of jerusalem and so some brothers because of the persecution here's saul he's knocking on the doors arrested christians they saw him coming they they jumped out of dodge some of them went all the way to antioch and they started preaching and verse 19 says they only preached to jews which is okay don't be offended god knows what he's doing verse 20 some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and began speaking to Greeks. Telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. I'll tell you right now, all news about Jesus is good. Verse 24, uh-oh, here it is. And the Lord's hand was with them. And the Bible says that a great, number of people believed and turned to the Lord so a church was established 300 miles away at the time the third largest roman city in the world it had 500,000 residents 10% were jewish so there's 50 thousand jews and 450 thousand greeks all living in this city and because of the persecution and the people that were scattered they ended up in antioch and began to preach to both jews and gentiles and the church therefore think about this It would be amazing today. It is amazing today in a church like here where you have both Jews and Gentiles sitting here. Oh, that's amazing today. But think about how amazing that was back in the first century. And Acts chapter 11, verse 26 says that it was at Antioch where disciples were first called Christians. How many of you would consider yourself to be a Christian Christian? raise your hand you're a christian that phrase did not come from jerusalem that came from a roman town up in syria where some believers had gone and started making disciples both jews and gentiles and they they started for the first time to call themselves christians up there in antioch now i want you to go over to chapter 13 In the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers. Barnabas, Simeon called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manaan, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and... Who? Saul? Saul? Are you kidding? Saul? Isn't isn't this... The dirty, rotten, stinking, low-down, good-for-nothing murderer who caused the persecution back there in Acts chapter 8, dragging Christians off the prison that we saw up in the first significant event. What's what's he doing here in chapter 13? He got saved in chapter 9. He got saved in chapter 9. And now he's part of the leadership of the church up there in Antioch. I want you to write this down. That amazing, saved, redeemed, forgiven, and powerful preacher named Paul goes on four different missionary journeys and ends up taking the gospel to Rome. It's estimated that he and those four missionary journeys traveled without a car, no modern transportation. No trains. No Southwest Airlines. No Uber. Just by his feet and getting on a ship. Some of you complained about walking from the church parking lot to get in here. Oh, man, this is a long way. We stop here. I got to rest here a little bit. My legs. Are it's estimated that he traveled over 10,000 miles before modern transportation, going on four missionary journeys, establishing churches all over what's called today modern-day Greece and modern-day Turkey, all over Asia Minor, and eventually took the gospel to the greatest city in the world at that time, which was the city of Rome. And I might add, if God can save a rascal like Saul, then God can save any rascal that's in here today.
0: The Bible promises that anyone who meditates both day and night on the Word of God will be blessed. And what better way to get connected to the Bible than with your very own personal Bible study guide? For your gift of any size to the Lift Up Jesus ministry, we'll send you our latest offer, Anchored, a 365-day Bible reading guide and journal. Anchored is an effective resource that works with any version of the Bible. This daily devotional gives you selected scriptures to choose from, plus study questions for you to complete. We trust this Bible reading guide will engage you deeper into God's Word and improve your daily walk with Him. Get your copy of Anchored right now by calling our toll-free number 888-818-4777. That number again in the United States is 888-818-4777. Why not start the new year in daily devotion with one of the very best Bible reading guides you will ever find? Call us right now. And get
1: yourself anchored today. We thank you for being with us today, and be sure to join us again next week at the same time. And remember to always lift up Jesus.